Welcome to the Mortcast, brought to you by Blake Street Tavern, the Blake House on Blake. Also brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Before I get started, I'd like to talk to you about Blanchard Family Wines, located between 18th and 19th and Blake and Wazee in beautiful lower downtown Denver, Colorado. Just a couple blocks away from Coors Field, right in the middle of the dairy block. Uh, right now is a good time to go to bfwdenver.com and check out their brand new release, which is a... Uh, uh, whiskey barrel finished Zinfandel, which um, I had the opportunity to taste, and it is really, really good. Uh, remember that any of these uh, uh, whiskey finished, whiskey barrel finished uh, uh, wines will contain uh, a lot more alcohol um, than your average wine, so keep that in mind. But these are perfect gifts to give someone, particularly if you go to bfwdimmer.com and check out uh, their selection. They've got uh, a bunch of varieties down there that you can try out, and um, but try out this uh, partnership with Deviation Distillers, which also have a tasting room down there in a uh, in the Dairy Block, and in fact they have their own varietal, which is a, a whiskey finished in wine barrels, which is a nice, great combination. These have been aged for nine months, so there was only three of them. Uh, so, excuse me, 300 of them, not three of them. Three, three of them would be amazing. Uh, 300 of them. So get down there now and uh, uh, go to bfwdenver.com if you want to, you know, order your bottle there. Great gift for the holidays. But they also got, you know, of course, the 2017 Cabernet, the the uh, Blake Street Blend, and all manner of whites and rosés and anything you need, even wine cocktails if you go down to the Dairy Block and want to just try out their tasting room. Once again, they're located between 18th and 19th in Blake and Wazee in beautiful lower downtown Denver, Colorado, just a couple blocks away from Coors Field, right in the middle of the Dairy Block. Uh, they're always online at bfwdenver.com. They're on Facebook and Instagram under Blanchard Family Wines. When you go down or you talk to them, tell them Jeff Morton from CSG Podcast sent you there. What is up, everybody? Thank you all for joining me on the latest Mortcast, part of the CSG Network. I'm, of course, your host, Jeff Morton. All right, there's been a lot of stuff uh, kind of going on. There's only two subjects that I want to bring up in this one. First half, I'm going to kind of talk about a family thing that's going on with me. Uh, if you want to get to Nuggets-related information, uh, go past the DraftKings read and the commercial break, and uh, uh, there, there's there where that will be. But I kind of need to talk about something personal. Um, with this week, my brother was diagnosed with covid uh, and if anyone has followed the, the Mortcast for the last uh, two years, you know that uh, this is the same brother who has dealt with uh, leukemia. Now, fortunately for him, he is fully vaccinated and um, was actually scheduled to get his booster before he was diagnosed. Um, there's just a lot of COVID floating around out there right now. And it is hard to uh, get away from it, particularly if you have to work in with the public. And my brother, unfortunately, does. He's taken all manner of precautions, and so have we as a family, to keep him from getting this. But for that matter, uh, I have two parents in their 70s, and um, they have, knock on wood, managed to avoid it. Uh, my mom was exposed to my brother, so I, uh, we're, you know, they're all va- we're all vaccinated, but hopefully she's going to be okay. But I kind of want to talk about this in the, in, in the sense of uh, we need to adjust our thinking as far as these vaccines go. Um, calling things a breakthrough infection is kind of misleading. 
Um, until you get the third dose, which is what I got. I got that at, uh, last week. Uh, until you get the third dose, which is technically a booster, you aren't fully vaccinated. And um, this has been heading this way for a long time, and the CDC has done some awful messaging on this. I'm not blaming the Biden administration for this one because uh, they wanted to get this out in the summer. And uh, it's been the CDC and FDA that have dragged their feet and a couple people quit because they were all in line with the, you know, the World Health Organization as far as a misperception that this would mean that other people in the world would miss doses, which is not true. These are all already purchased by the United States. Um, but all that aside, the politics of this aside, um, what I've seen firsthand is the benefits of these vaccines. Um, myself, my father, my oldest brother, um, all of us have managed to avoid, knock on wood again, um, getting any sort of, uh, infection. Uh, the rest of my family has managed to avoid this. Uh, I have been slightly more isolated than most people, although I, I, I um, last year I wasn't even going to the store and now I go regularly. Uh, I always mask, um. Because why not? Um, until things are 100% okay, it's, it's just good, good practice. Good practice to do this. Um, but aside from that, uh, my brother getting this was a function of him being on the western slope of Colorado, where COVID is just ravaging that entire population. And he works around people. And it was probably inevitable that he was going to get both exposed and infected particularly before he could get his third dose. And what he has experienced so far, you know, once again, I'm knocking on the wood right now, is just the sniffles. Um, and for someone who is recovering from leukemia, this is remarkable. Um, now, of course, he's already gone through the treatments. He is not immunosuppressed. Um, he could only get the COVID vaccinations, uh, according to his doctor, until he was off the immunosuppressants um, because it would have done him no benefit to have them otherwise. So he got them. Uh, he was six months past his, which is why he was due a booster. And it just kind of, it was a bad luck of timing, to be quite quite frank. And... What what we've seen so far is, like I said, it's just it hasn't progressed to his lungs. Um, it uh, he described it as just having a mild head cold, and he can thank the vaccines for keeping it like that. Now, um, this is a lot of information here, but he's probably he's getting the the monoclonal antibody treatment because he was um, a leukemia patient two years ago. So he will be receiving this uh, treatment, which I highly suggest if you are eligible to get it, to get it. Um, it, it shortens the duration of your illness and keeps the symptoms from getting severe. Um, and on a just-in-case for him, he's going to be getting it. But these vaccines are amazing. And I think our messaging on this whole issue has been awful. Um, you know, the point of a lot of the different things is to never to get sick. Um, 
because there was inevitably going to be quote unquote breakthroughs. Uh, people do still get sick, if it, whether they're asymptomatic or um, they are, you know, get a mild version. Okay. Um, and looking at this from my brother's perspective, thank God he was vaccinated. Otherwise, he'd be really in danger right now, big time. And yes, he's been two years since his uh, um, transfusion to get the new uh, the new uh, bone marrow, but it is still a process where you know you really until you get to five years past, um, you're never out of the woods. And your immune system can't take a battering. So any sort of vaccination um, is going to help you. And it's going to help you big time. Because these these things are, you just, if you have a weakened immune system, it can ravage you. Absolutely ravage you. Uh, and lead to severe hospitalization or death. And when quite now the hospitals in Colorado are not in a great place. So... As a poster child for vaccination, as a poster child for um, the benefits of vaccination, look no farther than my brother. Um, someone who, if he did, wasn't vaccinated, would be in a much worse spot than he has been. And it will be good to, to kind of look at his example as something to where, well, yeah, you know what? This person could have died. And he got vaccinated. So keep that in mind. All right, hard transition, folks, but uh, now it's time for me to talk to you about DraftKings Sportsbook and Amer America, oh, excuse me, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. I can speak. Um, right now, um, football fans who are ready to, oh, excuse, football fans, who's ready to score some free bets? There, I can read. Now you can when uh, you bet any official NFL game this week with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. New customers who bet just $1 on either team to score can win $100 in free bets. If that team scores, you score. DraftKings Sportsbook customers can also get skin in the game with new same-game parlays. Extremely popular, great way for you to diversify um, and not have to bet on multiple games if you're not as comfortable with uh, the information you have on those games. Combine multiple bets from the same game for a bigger payout. The more legs you add, the more money you can win. Download DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code MHS. Bet $1 on either team to score and win $100 in free bets. If they score, you score with promo code MHS. This week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older. Colorado only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-522. 4700. All right, now back to some Nuggets info. Um, Nuggets dropped their second straight game um, as of this recording last night against the Philadelphia 76ers. We're kind of blown out. Um, it caused me to remember some things about the Nuggets and their issues with incorporating uh, specifically MPJ into their uh, offense. And last night got me frustrated. Um, you know, who knows when Mike's going to come back? I mean, we don't know. Uh, Mike is, um, 
it is it is i think from what i've heard it's it's trying to overcome whatever pain that he's feeling um they're really working on ways for him to uh work through certain aspects of of some pain that he suffered basically since uh the phoenix series uh as i've been saying on this podcast um we may have an explanation as to why my MPJ shot has been off. Um, and they're working through this. You know, with a guy like this, you got to work through his... Uh, obviously, you can't take a chance. But the I have been assured uh, from multiple sources that this isn't a structural thing. This is uh, mostly involving pain and how he can adjust to playing with it. Um, and if it doesn't improve, you know, then they'll deal with that as it is. But this is what I have been kind of told according to uh, various sources. Um, this is a pain thing. And when Mike gets back, assuming that he's able to play, when Mike gets back, the Nuggets need to be able to incorporate him into their offense, okay? And this isn't a play a role that is more suited for Gary Harris. Play a role that's more suited for Michael Porter Jr. Um, I have gone back through some of my old podcasts, and I've kind of been being in this drum for a while. The Nuggets have done a really piss-poor job of incorporating someone as unique as Michael Porter Jr. And that falls on Michael Malone, I'll be quite honest with you. Um, the Nuggets offense, and, and last night was a good good example of this, um, they're dependent on Jokic. They're overly dependent on Jokic. Um, even when Jamal's here, they're overly dependent on Jokic. Um, that's not fair to Nikola, to be quite honest with you. And they're, last night, it just once. Jokic went out for that stint in the second quarter. They lost the lead. Uh, Malone in the third quarter came unglued, blah, blah, blah. It just wasn't, it was, it was a bad situation, but it's the same so, sorry dance we've seen all year um, so far. We've played 15 games. The Nuggets are um, suffering from lack of diversity. And, you know, Mike got a lot of shit for saying that the, the offense just, they need to have more diversity in their offense, but it is true. This is a, a lack, this is, isn't a diverse offense. It is very, one of the problems the bench has is that the Nuggets playing only one way with Nikola Jokic, and they have to play a completely different way with a second unit. There's no similarity between the two, because Jokic is so unique. But... One way they can bridge that gap is having a guy who could play both ways. The problem is the Nuggets have done, as I said before, an absolutely horrid job, horrid job of incorporating Mike into any... And by incorporating, I mean understanding that his skill set isn't Gary Harris. Um, you have a six foot ten wing who could shoot over anyone, and they get him the ball almost exclusively on dribble handoffs or the corner. If you go back and watch the games Mike played before he went out uh, in the Houston game, they have Mike stay in the corner and want him to cut. Then they have dribble handoffs. And the lack of diversity 
almost exclusively emanates from the fact that they don't put want to risk putting the ball in his hands. Um, here's my stance on this, and I know Swipecam kind of had something similar here. Shout out to him. Um, this Nuggets team would be better off if they just bit the bullet and put the ball in his hands and had him learn. Maybe some time, like like having him starting but playing with the second unit, maybe that'll help. Um, but the it's now to the point where the lack of offensive diversity, which is a coach's thing, is is this is I'm not blaming Nicola for this, um, has infected everything, and now this team is just absolutely pathetic. Um, so if Malone. Uh, it, it, excuse me, that's pathetic with the difference between their starting unit and their second unit. And unless Malone is going to uh, try and suddenly get more creative, uh, Malone and David Adelman, you're going to have the same problem. The Nuggets have become an exceedingly predictable team. And that predictability, particularly when you're down players, is going to come back and bite you in the ass. And it did, and it has the last two games. Now, granted, uh, missing MPJ and Jamal and having a injured, uh, injured um, Will Barton play and an injured Bones Highland play is going to affect things, right? The lack of offensive diversity is not helping. They just, they, they, they have one way of doing offense, and that is having Jokic run everything. Well, then they run around like a bunch of Keystone cops in the to to borrow a Malonism in the second unit. And it's a and it's a anyone who watches these games understands that the disconnect is so severe, so severe that it it makes one it makes one wonder the wisdom of the all-bench units that, that Malone's running. That um, is a philosophy that he has carried on since his days of the Knicks. He came in under Jeff Van Gundy, and that's a Pat Riley thing. Um, uh, I said before that uh, Malone's ideal, ideal team is probably the 90s Knicks. Um, and obviously, uh, at least as far as defense first, and just find, just muddle your way through on offense. Um, I got to tell you, even defensively last night, the, the Nuggets' offense was so bad it, it it infected their defense. Jokic can only do so much, and they're doing him a disservice by not adequately incorporating MPJ. They seem to be almost personally adverse. To the concept, which is weird, um, you have someone with one of the most unique skill sets in the NBA. Two people actually, with Jokic and uh, MPJ, and getting that to work in a in a team setting has been difficult because I don't think they've really tr- applied themselves very well. It appears they just want um, Mike to be uh, Gary Harris. And that couldn't, you know, <laughs> it's not this. He's not quick. He's not a small guard, and he's being wasted uh, by shooting dribble handoff threes and corner threes. You got to run actions to where he can get open, and the Nuggets just don't do it. 
and they refuse to put the ball in his hands. Now, I think some of the Mike's ball handling issues have been because he just doesn't ever get any work on it. And you're going to need a secondary ball handler with Jokic out there, and you're going to need some guy who can take over in the second unit. And the lack of Nuggets' ability and slash, I think, desire to accommodate Mike and his skill set is coming back to bite them in the ass. And when Mike gets back, when Mike gets back, they have to. They have to. H-A-V-E, in all capital letters, have to just bite the bullet and put the ball in Mike's hands. That's it. Uh, People are going to ask me, well, what what would be your solution? That's it. Put the ball in Mike's hands. Because the Nuggets are dangerously close uh, right now to wasting the, granted, hopefully he stays healthy, but they're very dangerously close to wasting uh, what they can have with Jamal, MPJ, and Nikola together. If they do not adequately find a way to just bite the bullet and just say, all right, Mike, sink or swim. This is his fourth year in the league, third year playing. It's time to do it. And I think the Nuggets will probably be better off in many different ways, both on the determinative value of, of Mike and incorporating him into the offense if they do that. And if they don't, uh, they are going to be not in a very good place this year, particularly with Jamal being out until March or whatever. (laughs) All right. Thank you all for joining me on the latest Mortcast, part of the CSU Network. I'll be back soon with another episode. Goodbye.